Hello, everybody. I'm Annalise. I'm Emily. And with us today here at We Can Do Pod Things, we have another special guest, my friend Craig, who also has his own podcast about art in the state of Indiana and local to us here. So, Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. For having me on. Excellent. We're so glad to have you. Um, a few weeks ago, we did the episode of Glennon's podcast, uh, how we or we can do hard things. The episode specifically about how to let things go, and we had asked for listeners who identify as male, are male, live as male, to give us some feedback on what were some thoughts that they or ways of thinking that they wanted to let go of because most of the responses, actually all of the responses that we had heard on that episode were from women, which is all well and good, like, and good. But we were kind of interested in exploring more of the, the male side of that. So Craig very graciously answered the call and we decided we just wanted to make a whole episode about it rather than slip it on to the tail end of one of our other ones. So it's a brief summary of what mm-hmm. you're about to hear. Whole episode. Whole oh, episode. So no pressure, but you're representing fifty percent of the population. <laughs> I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> Welcome to being a woman. <laughs> that didn't take very long. Nope, sure didn't. There you go. Sure didn't. Um, to refresh everyone's memory, um, really the question that we asked were: What were some things? What What were the thoughts? ways of thinking, structures that had been um, instilled in you when you were younger that you are trying to let go of in order to live your best life now. And em- uh, Emily, you want to, or Craig, would you like to read your? Oh, sure. You want to do a recap? a recap? I read this on last week's episode. Yeah. And it was, at the time, an unnamed person. Well, here comes the big reveal, y'all. Wow. <laughs> no sense trying to be anonymous. <laughs> Anyway, um, I said, and I don't, I don't know honestly what was that. I was working in the yard, and I listened to the whole thing, and I went, well, they called me out by name, so <laughs> I'm going to have to respond. And I did, and um, my thoughts were, um, I wanted to get rid of the voices that society or my upbringing have put in my head over the past, we won't even talk about that, <laughs> long time. Uh, mostly, the, and I mentioned these are not self-critical because a lot. I, I mentioned that because a lot of the things I've heard you discuss are people are being self-critical mm-hmm. and you know how they're addressing themselves. But really, these are just old and very inappropriate language uh, for labeling others, which is just and that's what bothers me so badly about it because it's it's like another voice is coming from the back of my head, mm-hmm. and and I refer to it as it's the card catalog files in my head. Because that's an old thing that you never had to deal uh, with. Excuse you, but I know what a Rolodex is. I know the Dewey Decimal System, and I've used a card catalog at a library. You have before. Okay, uh-huh. same thing. I was like six. Okay. Well, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all for this week's episode. <laughs> but yeah, and, and unfortunately, there are there are voices of people that I've known, whether it's my own father or whether it's people I went to school with. And, and and they're just, they're like knee-jerk reactions. I see somebody do something and I go, uh, and in the back of my head, somebody's throwing this thing up and I'm kind of like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. I don't think that way, but I hear those responses. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm waiting for somebody and there's like all of those people are sitting in the back of my head throwing things forward and mm-hmm. I don't want them. Mm-hmm. And so I have this, you know, this dialogue, this battle in my head. And I, and like I said, I think I mentioned, I'm, I'm horribly embarrassed most of the time and, and fearful that at some point somebody's going to go, wow, or, you know, there's going to yeah. be the technology to tap into your brain and you can oh, actually hear oh somebody's God. thoughts. Oh, my God. You know how many <laughs> nightmares I have about, like, oh, my God, the thought that I just had, if that was just displayed right above my head, mm-hmm. like, I would get arrested immediately. Craig, I don't know if you ever watched a little film called Twilight, <laughs> <laughs> but Edward Cullen had the ability to read minds and... I found that to be absolutely horrifying. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, and I and I know that when you and I um, were corresponding through text about like 
hey, is it okay if I um, mention your name? And you were like, you know, actually, I went back and looked at it. I don't, the the things that we're talking about, like, I don't want people to think that I actually believe these things because these are some really kind of, I don't think you use the word, but I'm guessing shameful sort of thoughts. And um, I just want to say, you realize we all have those Mm -hmm. too. See, that's what, you know, in my head, you you go, well, maybe somebody else is thinking. But, uh-huh. but then maybe else, you know, other people have quieted them. And yes. I wish I could. Well, and I think that when we let them out, sometimes that's how we do that. Yeah. Is by acknowledging the shittiness and being like, hey, this is, a, this is an intrusive thought that I've had. Yeah. And I, we talk about it on the podcast a lot, speaking things out loud mm-hmm. and the effect that it kind of has. Yeah. So, and I really appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and have these conversations because uh, this is, this I don't is know if it's, well, stuff. see, this is part of my, well, big deal about it. I think it's, um, we love to make big deals about things I know. here. You, you spent 30 <laughs> minutes with us. Come on. I thought to myself, this could be funny or it could be really just not. And, um, I, my point I was forming while you were, while you were completing that statement was that. These are things that I know were shared with me over over time because I was I was inside mm-hmm. because I was a white male mm-hmm. and all the way through school I people said things to me that they wouldn't say to other people mm-hmm. or other people I knew mm-hmm. they wouldn't say when you know when the girls we knew were around mm-hmm. and they wouldn't say when the the black guys from you know football team were around mm-hmm. but they said it when it was just two of us mm-hmm. or or it was a group of five or six of us, all white guys. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of things I, you know, I carry. Or mm-hmm. it was somebody's dad who would say something and you kind of go, damn. Yeah. You know, and, and you and at 15 years old, you're not equipped as much as you think you should you should speak out against that. You're not equipped. No, you're a child. Yeah. And I feel I I always, you know, or, or I'm always afraid people are gonna go, well, did you say anything? And the, and the answer is no. You know, I I was afraid to speak up. And it was not my place, you know, to you know, to put someone else in their place or to mm-hmm. express myself that way. Or because it was so prevalent around me, I thought no one would speak. Right. And it was, it was, it was yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I grew up in a very diverse, very diverse in, environment. In, that, in Ohio? In Ohio, okay. believe it or not. But you went to Miami, right? Miami yeah. of Ohio? That's my a mom whole went to school there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, and see, that's, you know, that was the great culture shift mm-hmm. because I went to a high school that was almost 50-50 black and white. Mm-hmm. And, and the white was broken up into Greeks, Italians, Jews, uh, Hungarians, uh, uh, wasps like me. It was, you know, a wide diversity. It wasn't just like Anglos, mm-hmm. you know, all white. But then there was a huge you know, black population as well. And I just got used to it. You just got used to I didn't question that. Mm-hmm. I and, would imagine with the differentiation between the various Caucasian variations subsets. that you had, yeah, that that also probably resulted in some other not I mean stereotypes, but also just did. like sectioning off that maybe some of us who were just like primarily Protestant white wasps didn't right. even get exposed to like the the drama between the greeks and the italians or the hungarians right. and the yeah whoever and know? there was a lot of slang talk and a lot of really really shitty talk and i knew i <laughs> i knew people that had nicknames that you that i can't say mm-hmm. you know because they were so derogatory but that was the name they went by mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and you're like this i can tell you all that but then, <laughs> but you kind of go why do you no you don't want to be known by Mm-hmm. And and even when you go back to the high school reunion, and you kind of go, really, we can't call him that. My God! But everybody's like, well, that was his name for you know twenty years. We knew him. And I thought, no, mm-hmm. I don't care. It's not. And it makes you wonder now, because I've had that experience with people that I knew who, at the time, we all just shrugged it off, like, well, yeah. they're fine with that. They're yeah. fine with that. Right. And then you look back and you go, were they ever fine with that? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, did anybody even ask? Mm-hmm. Right. And that that was the case. Mm-hmm. And I even had a I had a teacher, very strange teacher, probably should have been examined by somebody mm-hmm. back at the time. This is you know mid to late seventies, long time, long time. 
Um, yeah, don't. Um, <laughs> and um, he was clearly gay, and he went by a, a derogatory nickname. Mm -hmm. And really, yeah, a teacher. Yeah, and he encouraged us to use it, and we were like, "That's not funny." But everybody called him. Was it the F word? Yeah. Was but, he just trying to get ahead of it, maybe? I like, if I'm in on the joke or if yeah. I put it out there first, That's all I then can they can't of. use if it can, to hurt me. If That's I can have I you associate of. it with someone that you actually care about yeah. versus maybe you won't use it as Yeah, a, or maybe that. Yeah. yeah. But also that is strange. And, but, and, this, and this was, you know, this, as I said, this was the late, late 70s. And we didn't really know that there were such things. I mean, we kind of, you know, called people gay. Mm -hmm. We called people queer. And we, you know, said things about people, but we didn't really, you know, there's like, I've seen comedians now that are just like, Freddie Mercury was in a band called Queen, <laughs> and we did not know Freddie Mercury was gay. He just he walked around and tweaked his nipples on stage, and he did almost, and we're like, he's gay. Yeah, no, he probably sleeps with women. Yeah, he's an interesting performer. It never occurred to us. What a character. Yeah, it never occurred to us. I don't know. I Probably some people did, but we were kind of like, oh, whatever. You know, mm. we, we really didn't. On, I don't think we honestly believed mm. that. Did you guys not realize that the teacher was gay, or was that? We knew he was effeminate. He was very effeminate, and okay. he was openly, you know, that way. But we really did not. I don't think we really registered didn't. that he was gay, because that just wasn't a, you know, it, again, the late seventies. It just wasn't an option, mm -hmm. and so it was. It was very weird, and you know, that he would take us that direction. But then, so my to swing back to my earlier point, I came from that background with a lot of diversity, and then I went to Miami of Ohio for college, mm -hmm. which is the white man's paradise. Boy, is it ever! It's and I think Harvard it's still, of the Midwest. I think it's still that way. I'm sure it's still that way. It's a good um, school, but there's not a ton of diversity. No, I'm glad you brought Hardly up the any. Harvard of the Midwest because, just so you know, Purdue is the Harvard of the Midwest. Um, incorrect. No, because they may aspire to such, but they're not. So many people assume that Purdue is an Ivy League school because it's Purdue University. They are maybe the MIT of the Midwest, but they are not the Harvard of the Midwest. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not, there's, you know. Well, I'm not saying they are Harvard. The Harvard has the liberal arts and they, and they you know, they strengthen and all, all other you know, factions. Whereas are you Purdue saying Purdue doesn't have a very good liberal arts program? Is they, that what you're saying? They used to. Oh. Let's put it that oh. way. Okay. And they've crippled it <gasps> on purpose. There's always been oh, a yes. power yeah. struggle. Well, now, here's the most controversial aspect, you know, part of your of your podcast market, if you will, <laughs> that Purdue has for years tried to denigrate the liberal mm -hmm. arts and and score them down. And you know, even when I worked there, it was a, the worst kept secret is that they tried to keep liberal arts from competing with engineering, <laughs> and so they broke off parts of liberal arts into other schools mm. the school of education mm -hmm. used to be naturally under liberal arts and mm -hmm. they broke it off and made it its own college and some others and so they broke apart liberal arts as much as they could so the numbers would not compete with engineering which is so wild to me because engineering wasn't even really why purdue was established either it no. was a, it was it's indiana's land grant school it was for agriculture school. and they and you hear someone from purdue say oh it's a land grant school so they have to do engineering and I'm like well ohio state is a land grant school too yeah and they have everything. No, it's, it doesn't. It's I called mean, universality. It's, yeah. That's why they call them a universe. universe. Oh, my God. Etymology. Yeah. This is amazing. But fuck, fuck liberal arts, right? <laughs> we don't need etymology. We need yeah. more numbers. More numbers in the world. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, <laughs> we're being very flippant about what is what is very seriously. You know, and, and, you know, something that that does trouble me still. Yeah. Just again, it's just the voice. It's just the automatic things that I hear from like an uncle or somebody's dad or somebody, you know, and, and they get thrown up and I go, no, you know, and I have like, end up like pushing things back in the back mm -hmm. of my head and that shouldn't be there. And, and I, I feel really horrible about it because at this point in my life, I'm way past all of that. Mm -hmm. I'm, what do you mean you by know, way past all of that? I'm way past being the white, you know, kid on the inside. Uh -huh. I'm, you know, I have friends that are black and gay. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I mean, for years now, and I've I've known people that you know. I talk to people now from high school, and I go, "Oh, you don't even know." You're so like, far away from being that insulated. I'm in art yeah. and theater. Yeah, like two thirds of the people I know are gay. Right. Or or you know, or they have you know, they're bi non-binary, mm -hmm. or they're 
something mm-hmm. divergent from you know from whatever cis you're not the, you're not insulated anymore it's not no. for lack of exposure or anything right right so why do these thoughts still persist yeah i think that happens to people even within the queer population oh yeah because they've true. heard all the same things that say, you heard yeah. and i think even they still have those reactions and see that would at be times that they have that to be... push back against and that's what i was going to say like imagine that when it's yeah. your own identity right and a voice in your head saying something in that way about how you have come to identify yourself right, right. well as the gayest person in the room right now <laughs> because i do identify as bisexual um i i there is i there is a little bit of that and having grown up in in the environment that i did not necessarily that my parents wouldn't accept me or or anything like that because that is definitely not true um but there is that it that's been beaten into Mm -hmm. almost like maybe emotionally not so much physically for me anyways for lots of people it probably was physically but the shame and the avoiding looking a certain way or dressing a certain way or talking a certain way because you don't want to be lumped into that category and i've always been like a girly girl like like sparkles and and makeup and nails polished and i hated any time that i looked like a tomboy i didn't like being referred to as a tomboy not that i didn't like doing all the things that tomboys or boys do like climbing and and being more physical and whatever but i just didn't like being associated with that i didn't because i needed to be feminine Mm -hmm. and i was a girl and i'm a girl and i have to look like a girl i have to act like a girl i have to talk like a girl and i don't want anyone to think that i'm anything less than a straight white girl and allowing myself to be more masculine or not wear makeup every day mm-hmm. or have really short hair or speak in a lower voice um wear flat bill hats instead of the cute like you know curled ones or mm-hmm. whatever like the, those have been more difficult for me to be comfortable with because I never felt like I was allowed to do that because that's 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 what a girl does or what a what a, a a lesbian does which is exactly how it was designed right right they make you develop this association with those things so that if you are ever inclined in that direction you go oh no yeah no 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 there was a guy a, a man at church um and his daughter was like a little bit younger than I was but um he was always like chatting with everybody and um i don't i won't say much anything else really about him but um i was playing softball at the time and he he was like ah so you're playing dyke ball and i was like what he was like dyke ball you know that's what all the lesbians play all the you know when they get to be professional athletes all the women that play softball are lesbians so they call it dyke ball he's like gotta be careful about that and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I don't think I played, I don't know. That might've actually been when I was a little bit younger, but I did eventually stop playing softball. You could have been an Olympian. I know, I would have. <laughs> Honestly, anyone who's ever seen me swing a bat knows I'm just a powerhouse <laughs> behind the plate, let me tell you. Dripping with athleticism. <laughs> having difficulty picturing. All the gold medals could have been mine. But. Uh, that in the word dyke still having like a really loaded. Yeah, that's a hard. But I, I, I have made a conscious effort to sometimes like claim it as my own. Like mm-hmm. I like to talk about like dyke mode when I am doing all my DIY projects or like I'm in the hardware store, dyke mode engaged or whatever. And I think sometimes if you, depending on who you say it to, they're like, oh my God, you can't say that. And I'm like, actually I can because. I am a part of the community and I am not offended by it because I'm not using it as an offensive term, yeah. but that's even still a slippery. Kind of I wonder if too. that's what your teacher was doing mm. in some way. Do you remember? Um, oh, what is the name of the movie? Here I go again with movies, but it's the acapella group with Anna Kendrick. Pitch perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. 
Fat Amy. Yeah. And they're like, why oh, do you call it. yourself Fat Amy? And she's like, because I know skinny white bitches like you are going to call me Fat Amy. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. such a great point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also a really fucked up way to have to negotiate that yeah. meaning. Yeah, potentially really disembodying. Yes, mark it off your bingo board. Mm-hmm. There's so many catchphrases. We really do. I'm we... sorry. <laughs> I meant to. I meant to bring that up. I that I. Do. I'm a longtime listener, a first time <laughs> commentator. But I, but I sit and listen and kind of go reference right over my head. I I have no idea because it's the test and the you know and it's the the uh, whatever the you know, the I'm the number on this scale or on this thing, uh-huh. Enneagram that I almost tried to take today and they wanted to charge me. Was it on Truity? I don't know. I just found the, it was the first one that popped up. And I, I went all the way through the test. God, and, then, and then they went, oh, now you get to pay for it. I'm like, thank yeah. you, no. But they I, wouldn't even give you like a preliminary report. No. no. We'll so, point you in a direction say, for sure your Enneagram one. test. I thought I was going to come here with this little Christmas present, <gasps> this little you have to go, I'm a number. Oh, you know, yeah. And then you can go, oh, ooh, I have no idea. No. I have to retake it because I retook the I retook it with one of with the the tool that I liked the most. And I was like, I am not a three. I'm not a three. It is not that's not, not a true. thing. I, I I mean it just doesn't feel doesn't feel well with my soul. What does? Well, I don't know. Either See, a two the, or a five. You can't yeah. want to be. I know. And that you, is. You take the test for what you that's want. That's legit. If you're taking it and you're trying to influence your number, then you're going to yeah. get a screwed up sort right. of thing anyway. Mm-hmm. But I remember the, I think the one that, uh, the second one I took was the Truity test that you liked. Um, we have links to them in our show notes in oh. the Enneagram episode. And I think it was like, it's oh, good now you know. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the end of our show. Yeah, you made it 22 minutes and 30 seconds. Well done. <laughs> um, I think I had to like put my email address in or something. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't have time to do this right now. But I liked the way they phrased the questions better. Mm-hmm. I felt like the answers gave me more of a, a range of accuracy. I like when there's a Likert scale. Yes, that, that's, what, that's what Truity is, is a Likert scale. Mm-hmm. And I think the other one was just like true or false. Yeah. Oh, the one I, I took like today was like strongly agree, strongly. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. you know, it went, but well, I was the point I was starting to make was that I I listen and I don't even have all of the full reference, you know, mm-hmm. knowledge. Mm-hmm. But and and that's why again I, I was and I think you and I discussed it right. But I sort of said it to you with that I'm from the generation that didn't talk about this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. We were told not to. Mm-hmm. It was a waste of time. It was indulgent. Mm-hmm. It was. Just get on with it. Just you know, pull yourself up, dust mm-hmm. yourself up, get on with it, mm-hmm. and don't be, don't indulge your fears and your, you know, all of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that was well and good, but and, and that's how I'm just making the point. That's how I was raised, mm-hmm. and in my head, that's how I still probably function. Just get on with it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. But but I don't I don't you know like listen to this podcast and say oh this. Um, what a you know pile of crap! God, these harpies will they ever? <laughs> who do they think they are? With what authority do no. they even speak? I, I I I actually think it's refreshing that, I, and that's you know, to you too. That it's I think it's refreshing that you can speak about it, that you have that you have the the tools to do that. Because my generation, like I said, my generation, unless the people I went to high school with went out and then you know mm-hmm. started doing therapy. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, which they may they? have, but who knows? But no, I never have, and mm-hmm. so you know, most of them probably never have. But um, unless they've gone out and acquired those skills, that's just something we never did. Mm-hmm. That was not a part of our upbringing. Whereas now, you at least have the skills to you know to discuss these things, and I and I have to you know admit that it's probably very constructive because at least you can identify why you feel shitty. Yeah. Before you try and fix it, yeah, we were just told get over it. Mm -hmm. Whatever the hell it is, just get over it and move on. I see this, especially in one of my clients. Um, He is forty eight. I think he just either just turned forty eight or forty nine. 
but he it, very much that was just just get over it and then with having a disability a uh-huh. cognitive disability number one he was a, a more of a target for all kinds of trauma bullying and this and that and then also he had um he has a physical disability and so that plays into it too so he's got like triple the reasons to just get over it but as we know you don't just get over it and the behavioral problems that he struggles with now are direct result of that sort of just like get over it sort of thing where he feels like he's not allowed to talk about the things that are upsetting him and if if something is upsetting him no it's fine it's fine it's fine i'll get over it. it's fine i'll get it nothing it's fine it'll be fine except then it isn't fine and then one day you just explode and you're out in the middle of the bus stop and you just lose your mind mm-hmm. and you're just and and people are like whoa 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 but because that was how he was raised mm-hmm. he was, there yeah. were there was never a safe space given for people to get curious about their feelings and um emotions and it was just like either either you just get over it or you ignore it until it goes away and that's how we end up with some of the shit shows that we mm-hmm. have <laughs> Walking the streets today. <laughs> the patriarchy. No. The patriarchy. Oh. Um, but I appreciate that you have even a remote interest in getting curious about mm-hmm. that. And I, okay. I know. And it's a remote interest. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. I'm shocked that he's listened to as many episodes as he has. <laughs> and, there, and to be honest, there are some that I get bogged down and I kind of go, this doesn't. This is for 30-something young mothers, and this is not my Fair. Did you just call me a 30-something young mother? I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, you can stay. <laughs> Emily's sorry. 40. I'm oh, a I'm quadragenarian. <laughs> wow. Well, you don't show it. So, you right? Thank you. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, but I, I also, I, I've, talked about this women's empowerment like group therapy group that i'm in and there's a broad range of ages in this group and one of the oldest members had talked about i want to learn how to love myself or i want to learn new things i want to learn new ways of thinking and she's like but where do i put this where do i i already have i have you know 60 some years of internalized thoughts and beliefs and and voices that like where do i put new stuff and i think a lot of times it is identifying what's the stuff mm-hmm. i'd like to i think about it as like weeds what are mm-hmm. the weeds that i want to pull so that i have room to plant something new um but i hadn't really ever thought of that as a young 30 something mother <laughs> wow. i got plenty of space up here for all kinds of new thoughts but it, well thankfully you're part of a generation that has had that discussion yeah. or had all of these discussions. Yeah. Whereas we never did. No. You know, I went through all, I went through, you know, not young mother, but young parent, you know, for, you know, and my kids are out of the house and gone and grown, you mm-hmm. know, young adults themselves mm-hmm. and never had that, you know, all of these. That's, and so at least you have had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, and I hear my own voice. And so I, I want to apologize because it's, I don't want, I could hear everybody go, oh, poor, poor old white guy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a shame? And I, please don't. That's not my, I'm not, I'm feeling for, sorry mm-hmm. for myself because there are people who have far greater challenge hearing voices in their head, all people that you hate. <laughs> in their head. But that's, you know, but, and I've not, surely not, and because that's part of the problem is that I've not encountered mm-hmm. as a, as a white man, mm-hmm. I have not encountered any, you know, of the controversy and, and, most and and or conflict that most people but if they weren't white men there are yes and right um but in both things can be true renee brown talks about she she had said somebody else said something i think but the um person in whatever country that's hurting doesn't hurt less if you deny the pain that you're in mm-hmm. like you have True. a pain and the person over here has pain they don't feel less pain just because you deny the reality of your own pain yeah. you, both of the things can be true and i also mm-hmm. think that it while it, it obviously is very true that you haven't experienced the same depth or level or type of 
trauma or challenges or systemic issues, there are still issues that you have experienced that also contribute to a culture of dysfunction if we continue to perpetuate it and to ignore it because you have had some form of, you have had forms of privilege in other places would be just foolish. Mm -hmm. Missed opportunity. And it's not about saying like, Oh, the poor white people like we can both again both things can be true and i did want to point out we don't have we we don't have a single person of color in this room no. and so i definitely don't want it to come off like we are the authority of all kinds of oppression or any of that we we can only speak to what we know um but we want to speak to what we know so that we can get to the root of the problem mm-hmm. and figure out how do we keep this from continuing so it's okay that to say that, you know, yes, I was never beaten for the color of my skin. Right. And these are some things that I was taught was okay to do. And I wasn't given a place to figure out whether or not that was actually something I wanted to believe in. Right. Mm-hmm. I think both things can be true. Yep. I wonder which generation is going to be the one to figure out what's the right amount of time to spend in your own head. <laughs> Because oh, I don't know if it's us. Probably not. Yeah. I hear you saying that it wasn't you guys. No. I don't think it's us either. Yeah, certain millennials have like... figured that out. If, uh, right now, either the Zoomers or what do they call Alpha? That's Maybe. Man, we're rooting for you kids. We really are. <laughs> and that's one thing like I, the, on the rare times I do allow myself to get on TikTok because I have a spare six hours of my day that I can commit to it. <laughs> I see a lot of the mental health TikToks or a lot of the younger generation, the the Gen Z Zoomers or whatever, and just the popularity of talking about therapy or exploring why, you know, different therapeutic terms. And there's a balance as in anything. You don't want to over-therapize things or you don't want to overuse mm-hmm. therapeutic terms because then they start to lose their meaning. However, their openness and willingness to be like, yeah, no, I'm fucked up. And I go to therapy Mm -hmm. or yeah, this thing messed up, messed me up or like their willingness to be vulnerable and open about it gives me fucking life because Mm -hmm. that not hiding it and forming a sense of community around, hey, there's some fucked up shit that's happening to you and to you and to me and let's figure out how to solve it. Mm -hmm. And not it just being like a like an identity of like, oh, I'm a victim or oh, I'm just that's just not my love language. So you're going to have to do something different. The, that they're entertaining the why behind the why Mm -hmm. and that it's a safe place for them to do that. That gives me so much hope. I love it. Yeah. Me too. Um, were there any specific things that you, that you wanted? We've, we've touched and that's fine. If you're, if there's not as well, I don't want to air them. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, specific, responses that i'm hearing yeah or do you find that there are some that happen more than others do you find that there are times or places where you're more susceptible to those things Mm. than other times or places like for some people it might be when they go back to that environment when they go home for the holidays they might feel themselves getting pulled back into a culture that doesn't match who they want to be anymore right that used to be the case, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't go because everybody has gone to Florida now. Mm-hmm. All at least all the parents, and my dad is is now gone, and I don't have mm-hmm. contact with his uh, wife. But and my mother is down there, and I and you know, and it's not, and she was never really that much part. Um, my father kind of definitely was. My my father, the 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 underlying, and here we go. Here's here's a therapeutic moment. Um, uh, we love those. If we, if we, if I really, if I really like scrape everything away, the underlying message of my, my father to me was don't let anybody see you as, as being a queer, mm-hmm. you know, don't let, you know, don't act, you know, like a girl don't, mm-hmm. you know, and so be a man. So it was explicitly like said, it wasn't just hinted around, like it was explicitly said to you. There were times that mm-hmm. it was explicitly, and I can, I can still remember uh, this is I was in oh god i don't know fifth grade mm-hmm. 
something, you know, one of those really formative years. Mm-hmm. And and this is, again, the 70s. And, you know, when people had hair dryers. And that was, you know, kind of the big explosion of, you know, and I had a lot of hair, believe it or not, in the 70s. And my dad came in while I was blowing my hair dry one morning mm-hmm. and said, if anybody had told me when I was your age that I was using a hair dryer, I'd have kicked his ass. And he walked out. And that was, thanks, Dad. Morning. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you continue to use a hair dryer? I did. Yeah, good for you. But, but, but also I that's still in the back of your mind. continued to feel shitty about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I did and, and, and probably felt shitty about myself for the you know, next three decades. You is know? that why your hair fell out? Because could be. You just, Maybe it's psychosomatic. It was Maybe it's, just yeah, like it's a response. Upset. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It had its feelings hurt and it decided to go away. Die. Wow. But that's just an example. That's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that my dad, thinking he was doing the right thing based on his generation's yeah, understanding I, of, you know, raise your son to be a man. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he thought he was protecting you and keeping you from probably. getting picked on or whatnot. But we, yeah. I mean, we. Know but everyone that... I knew probably blew dry their mm-hmm. you know, right. blew their hair dry at the time. Probably everyone I knew, people, you know, that was the you know the the time of when white guys had froze. My you know, dad used like, to get his hair permed alongside you know, my mom. The perm froze, <laughs> and you're like, uh, no. Even back then, we were like, that's no. This is probably unknowable, but, but. if life had worked out differently. And you had been gay. Yeah. Is that something that you think he ever could have accepted about you? I'm not sure. I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. I don't believe so. And there was, and this leads to another conversation. And that at one point, when I was in college, I got a call and it was my, oh, my sister talking to my sister in college, you know, and, and she said, well, mom and dad both think you're gay. I think you've told me this story. And I said, Really? Why? And they're like, and my sister said, well, it's not a problem. I don't care. She goes, just so you know. And I'm like, well, Laura, I'm not gay. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, I have met gay people here at Mm -hmm. college. Mm -hmm. Here as a freshman and, you know, university, Mm -hmm. I was kind of blown away, but I was meeting gay people and I just kind of thought, this is different. Mm -hmm. Really, And also they're just normal human beings, you Mm -hmm. know, like, wow. And it didn't, and I was, I don't know, I guess I was. I, to be honest, I guess I was surprised that it didn't bother me because yeah. of the of the culture I've been raised in. How, what what gave you any idea that it wouldn't you know like it that you wouldn't be upset by it because all of the messages the, that you received were right. that this was something to be ashamed of or to avoid. It was when a, a young man, very nice young man, who borrowed my typewriter. Typewriter, Ooh. yes, we had typewriters in college <laughs> because we did not have computers. I've used a know, typewriter back in the wagon wheel days <laughs> we and he and there was a guy in, whose name was also craig who um, borrowed my typewriter during this is probably third year in college uh, off and on to type out papers and mm-hmm. you know and and he was a really nice guy and i just didn't know anything about him and he asked me out oh, when wow. he returned the typewriter. and and i was you know i was flummoxed i was just dumbfounded mm-hmm. but my response was like i was actually kind of proud of the fact that i didn't freak out yeah yeah. But I was, I was just, I just told him, oh, I'm, you know, I didn't, it took me, literally it took me a moment looking him in the face going, what? <laughs> like I had, I had no idea. It's the hair dryer, about. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the damn hair dryer. I had no idea what he was, and I kind of went, oh, really? Like, I, you know, and, and I said, I'm sorry, I, you know, I, I don't. You know, I don't know if I said I don't swing that way or whatever. Mm-hmm. However, I said it in 1983. Mm-hmm. But I said, um, no, I'm, that's not how I'm, what I'm interested mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. But I'm really flattered anyway. Thank mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, you said you were flattered. That's mm-hmm. pretty, you know, nice of you. Because he was a really nice guy. Yeah. Never you know, offended anybody that I was aware of. But I, yeah, I thought that was the moment at which I thought, oh, I could be pretty cool with this, I guess. If, yeah. you know. If somebody had, because I knew somebody literally mm-hmm. two rooms over that if they had heard mm-hmm. that he had asked me out, they would have kicked his ass. I was going to say, I wonder for him what an experience that was to be actually right. like politely turned down mm-hmm. right. instead of scared for his fucking that's, life. That's what made the difference for me because he, he was so grateful that I was gracious right. to him right. that he literally, he said, I, you know, he thanked me God, yeah. for being gracious about it. I, and I said, 
I just I can't be anything. Right, like what? Life. Yeah. Can you I, imagine? I Thank you for treating me like a human, normal yeah. being. Yeah. And that's what that's what it made an impact mm-hmm. on me. With. I I just thought this is he's just a yeah. you know, it's just a normal person asking mm-hmm. me if I'm interested. Yeah. And for me to throw a big fit about this would have just destroyed him. Right. It, there, it occurred to me after the fact. And like I said, literally two doors down, they would have beaten him and left him in an alley mm-hmm. if they had known that he had asked mm-hmm. me out, not them. If they, yeah. they knew he asked me out. That was still 10 years before Matthew Shepard. So this is, you know, so that's, you know, that was like my first exposure to maybe, maybe my first, it may have been my first direct conversation with, uh, you know, a gay man. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. That you're like very clear, obvious. And and in my first reaction when you kind of go oh, you know I hate to say it but you kind of go oh pat yourself on the back you weren't an asshole you, know, you were you were you were a decent human being as we sometimes just say the yeah. bar for men is so so low, low. <laughs> it's a it's in Hades but but anyway um, so you know that was it was something that came up and and my sister you know called me and I was just having a normal conversation she said well, by the way mom and dad think you're gay and I said well why did they think that. I mean, it didn't really upset me. And mm-hmm. I just said, well, why did they think that? Because you keep talking about this instructor that you're really, he was like my mentor at the time and, you know, in printmaking. <sighs> yeah. And he was an artist and he was, you know, mm-hmm. all of this. And and I had mentioned the fact that he was somewhat effeminate, mm-hmm. but that he was, a, you know, he was a very caring man. He was very, he did a lot for all of us. And they just assumed that I was falling under this guy's wing, mm-hmm. under this college professor's mm-hmm. you know, wing. And I thought, oh, well, you know, and I had to call my mom and, got the same conversation oh it doesn't matter to me if you were and i'm like mom i'm not gay. Mm-hmm. don't worry about it mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, but it doesn't matter to me and i left my dad hanging i never told my dad <laughs> i never bothered listen be a man right like yeah. you want to know you want to know say it to my fucking mm-hmm. face dad <laughs> are you worried about it you should I, be you know, like. i was just remembering you this may ring some bells for you when we listened to the trisha hersey episode mm-hmm. who is the prophet of the nap ministry, incredible woman. I don't know if you've listened to that episode of ours. No, sorry. Look into her; she's fantastic. She okay. she talks about she naps actual as sleeping. resistance to capitalism and white supremacy and seeking rest oh, for our bodies, not treating bodies like machines yeah. because that's rooted in enslavement and just. I could say so much about that's Trisha Hersey, but what I'm going to say about her is that in that episode, she referenced. I think it was a poet and I don't remember that person's name but he discusses the the hidden wound. Do you remember the hidden yep. wound? I might even have notes on And she poet. says about yep. that that our history in this country of oppression and injustice of all kinds of all types affects all of us including you, as a privileged white man, right. it is the hidden wound because when you are separated from the humanity of another person, that is a spiritual deficiency. Huh. And so she said, you know, don't think that you have to feel sorry for me as a black person and the way that I have experienced injustice. There's room to also reflect on how it has hurt you and affected you because of what has been lost to you living in this culture that is thick with oppression right yeah and that how we talk often about like the patriarchy hurts everyone Mm -hmm. including Mm -hmm. men and i i wonder yeah there's pain there's enough pain to go around everybody right like i'm willing we can share yeah share it to me the thought that comes into my head is man what how could things have been different for you if you had been if it had been okay for you to admire and find safety in an older male figure without it somehow being sexualized you know Mm -hmm. what would that what would life look like Mm -hmm. what would the world look like what would our military look like or our our senate and would we even need a military? I mean, I mean, listen, and again, I support our military. I have multiple family members. Mm-hmm. I have one deployed right mm-hmm. now. Um, 
I support our military. And if we can imagine a world, because that's what she says, we're living in somebody's imagination Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So what if we could make it our own? If we could imagine a world where we didn't need a military, what might that look like? Mm -hmm. It would be. You know what's sad? What's that? Because we watched The Martian recently. Oh, that's such a and And what I paid attention to most recently in this time, it was all of the NASA, you know, background stuff, the fact that they could mount a Martian, the fact that the whole country got behind bringing home mm-hmm. this guy. Mom, all of this. Man. <laughs> and that we could work with the Chinese and there was you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And in the back of my I I just kept thinking this would never happen. We, I know, we're it sounds so radical. divided. It sounds totally radical. It sounds because everything now is or I mean it sounds radically liberal mm-hmm. when you just watch it at right. its face value. You kind of like, I want to live in that world yeah. where there's like this progressive you know, that we've reached to the stars and we're doing all this stuff and there's society is moving forward and it's not going to happen mm-hmm. because if anything, sadly, we're rolling back. Mm-hmm. And there's, I just sat and watched the Martian and I was bothered not so much by him being left on the planet and all of that challenge, you know, that, oh, them circling back and doing this. The fact that none of that would ever happen. Right. Just because there's so much, NASA would never be funded for a Mars mission just because mm-hmm. taxes would not you know we're cutting taxes to fund other things do you right. remember like millionaires in millionaires. about the first 15 minutes of covid where the whole world was kind of on the same page about mm-hmm. something yeah and how quickly, quickly it yeah. disappeared but it disappeared. there for a hot second, a hot second <laughs> we all sort of were united around this thing we are the world mm-hmm. right and then it was like oh it's, i think it's all over yeah, we find someone to try to blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't last, but I mean, it, we are the world. That was about HIV, right? That song yes, came out to like be in the midst of the AIDS crisis, and very quickly that wasn't about the gays at all. And it, but that is still a myth that that persists today. That mm-hmm. that happened because of gay sex. Mm. When that's not that's not. That's not how this works. As someone who has seen some ebb and flow in the way that society operates, what do you feel about the things that are unfolding around us currently? Because for me, scares me a lot, but also I don't have the perspective of having seen things get really, really bad and then get okay again and then right. get really really bad and You've get okay again war. i've seen a lot of war there there have been a lot of you know off and on and there yeah i grew up during the vietnam war mm-hmm. which was an ugly you know time but even then it was you know it was divisive it was there was there was a lot of you know hatred and protesting back and forth and a lot of mm-hmm. you know all of that it was never as divisive as things yeah. are now. Really? Oh, never. No, not even close. Are you close. serious? We oh, are yeah. in a uniquely we are in a God, dark, that's horrible time. That's fucking terrifying. Oh, because yeah. when That was just a hint of what we have now. Well, and also, now there was no social we were, media. So people exactly. were not we communicating every more, thought they had right. in the same way. And there were basically three channels. You watched ABC, yeah. CBS, NBC. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of it. And there was PBS. But, you know, you didn't have the full range of talking voices that mm-hmm. you have now. Do you think that limited the spread of the hatred? Or it just limited yeah, the exposure of the hatred? Because there was pretty Maybe much both. just, there was reporting on news. Mm-hmm. And it was dealing with everything as straight level news. And news wasn't and it was factual. capital, like wasn't as money making. Mm-hmm. No, not even. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that it was, but also. There weren't 24 hour networks. Right. You know? and the they, news was on for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And it wasn't like a channel dedicated to. Right reality tv mm-hmm. that is right. actually scripted and stuff right. like that and so there were probably people you know who thought it was unnecessary to show you know uh there was always war footage you yeah. know on the news and people objected to that mm-hmm. and you know and there, and there were probably thought it was people who thought it was unnecessary because it was serving liberal purposes or it was serving some you know conservative purposes whatever they they there were probably people who felt that but you know in in middle america 
when you're watching Walter Cronkite, literally, this is Walter Cronkite era, you just you just took it as it was face value. It was the war is happening, horrible things are going on, and you know, and it was a communal news, you know, understanding. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's there's not even a shared story. Yeah, it's yeah, you can literally write your own story now. Mm-hmm. You can go to whatever, you know, dimension, you know, deep hole you mm-hmm. want to dive into and and look at one story and you can take it somewhere that it doesn't belong mm-hmm. at all. But and and call that fact. Call mm-hmm. that you yeah. know, that's the real story. Yeah. It's you know, and it's furthest thing. But there are also seventeen other variations. Right. And that's on both sides of the fence. That's on the yeah. that's on conservative side and the liberal mm-hmm. side because there have definitely been things that have or in articles or opinion pieces that I've read recently regarding book bans and um, censorship and stuff that which is all very horrible and not a thing that we should be pursuing. Mm-hmm. But even then, I still see being somewhat liberal myself. I see articles from more liberal leaning media and you're just like, that's that ain't it. Such an over exaggeration. Oh. And that is grossly misrepresented. And honestly, I went to the I was at the school board meeting on Monday night and I, I appreciated this this teacher that stood up and and talked because she she spoke directly to a couple of the other public participants who had, had talked about um you know, we need to know what books um, are in the classrooms and what these books, books these teachers are, and why are they hiding this information from us? And and she stood up and she was like, "Listen, I'm conservative. You're going to drive out the conservative teachers with the liberal teachers. Well, don't get me wrong. We probably believe a lot of the same things. I don't have time to do this because I am doing my job. Mm-hmm. You guys have got to stop." And I really appreciated her, honestly, because that took a lot of, I think it took a lot of courage for her knowing that there are a lot, there, the, the audience there is primarily a lot, very liberal. And for that not to necessarily be a safe place for her. And that's all I'll say about that. But like, I really appreciated her coming out and saying like, look, I don't necessarily want my kid to be reading a book about gay people, personally me, Annalise, I think that's stupid, but her saying, but that's my decision. And I'm going to have that conversation with my kid and with my kid's teacher and then my kid's administrator. That's what you guys need to be doing. You can't just be assuming the worst of teachers and, and assuming that we're lying. And like, if you want to have control over what your kids are consuming, then you as a parent need to be the one that's involved. And I just really appreciated that because that is a little glimmer of hope to where it's not just this blind belief in whichever position feels Mm -hmm. most relevant to you. Okay, so I have been maybe just a little bit obsessed recently with Cheryl Strayed and Tiny Beautiful Things on Hulu. And a question that comes up is what advice would you give your 22-year-old self? Having discussed him just recently, yeah. mm-hmm. um, although twenty-two, you're out of college. You know, I would have been in grad school. Yeah, twenty-two is a weird. Do you agree? Twenty-two is a weird. That's a very age. Weird, yeah. It's a weird time. It's yeah. very transitional because all of a sudden there's kind of an assumption that you're an adult. Yeah, but I didn't feel like an adult. No. I mean, I'm kind of still waiting on that to happen. Yeah, you know what I did <laughs> two weeks after I turned twenty-two. Mm. Got married. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah. No, no comment on my part. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> so we probably know what I'm advice. Really left plenty of times for you. <laughs> we may know what advice you would give right. your 22 yeah. year Actually, I will say I I love my family. The weird or function, dysfunctional, functional, fu- dysfunctional family that I have. Mm-hmm. And also, I still think that you should have to be 30 before you're 11. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. <laughs> I was 26. so But even still, that sounds... Now I, I'm like, wow. I will say, I feel like a lot happened at 25. I feel like 25 was a time when I, like my body started feeling older and just like a lot of other life. There's a thing. Yeah. That there was like a quarter a life developmental leap. Yes, seriously. Yeah. Thank you, John mm-hmm. Mayer. Um, yeah, there was like a developmental leap that happens when you're we, 25. But. This just came up on my, my 
podcast recently with my <gasps> most recent guest. I just said, I just said, twenty six is a very crucial age. Okay. Because men are not worth shit <laughs> until at least twenty six. Oh, there's an he until. said it, not us. There's an until. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, until at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That doesn't mean that we could have ended it. At we could have just ended it right there. Yeah. I've, I've said that for years. I've said that for a long time. Until men are 26, they are not worth You're just not grown up at all for some reason. I don't know why I arbitrarily say 26, but there does seem to be something in that age range there is- where you turn the corner and go, God, I can't go peeing off the roof all the time you know, <laughs> and acting like an idiot all the time. There's some brain development, I do believe, that happens in that. And, and yeah. talk. I remember reading an article about that related to um, military. And how a lot of young men in the military are in those like last formative years that their brain is still doing these higher function yeah. sort of things. So you're, I'm sure you're onto something. Oh, <laughs> but you to get back to Emily's question, you're not full of shit anymore. You're past 26. That's right. See, there you go. I'm, By a well, year, or two years. <laughs> we don't need to talk about. Um, what would I tell my 22 year old self? To, to be perfectly honest, and you know, in hindsight, and it's, and it's way too easy to look back on yourself in mm-hmm. hindsight and have a conversation. And like, and you know, and Emily gave me a heads up on, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. I was like, oh, geez, because your 22 year old self is probably not willing to listen to you anyway. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. Probably will, you know, probably just going to go, oh, fuck. <laughs> but we're going to but, imagine a scenario where it's not just yeah. a random person who's right. giving you this advice. It's you have you. walked into a portal of yeah. some kind yeah. and your future self is saying, yeah. this is what I want you to know. So we're going yeah. to assume that maybe you're going to consider at least the advice that is about to be bestowed upon you. Right. And I don't think there's anything that would be essentially, you know, crazy life changing, but I would, I would tell that 22 year old person to just to look up and, and be aware of of the divergent people the, the diverse people around you because i was not aware of of all of the things and now you know what's what's fun is when you get to like 60 and you're on facebook because that's where all the 60 year olds are now <laughs> and you're on facebook and you see people from high school pop up and they're very clearly gay mm-hmm. and lots of people from high school come up and you and you kind of like really you know, and you haven't had contact with these people in decades, mm-hmm. but you see these people come up and they comment on something that you, and you kind of go, who is that guy? And I have to get up my yearbook again to figure out who this person was. And you look and you go, no kidding, really? Mm-hmm. And it's, and you know, and it's, you know, you, it's not a big deal, but you kind of, you look up and you kind of go, clearly this was always there. Mm-hmm. These, these people felt this way for a long time. And it wasn't just a revelation, you know, when they got into middle age. They probably struggled with this when we were calling each other the F word, mm-hmm. so, you know, which I, you know, we used to say blithely, you know, at each other. And and it never occurred to me, mm-hmm. never occurred, you know, that it could, that that person I was calling that word could actually be gay. Yeah. And, and which is utterly stupid. And so, you, you know, I would just tell this person, be aware and look up because there are lots of people around you who are moving in a different direction mm-hmm. than you expect them yeah. or than you think they will. You know, there. I, you know, like I said, I know just from getting into the arts, and I would tell them, "You're in the arts. You're studying art in college. Look up, dumbass." <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of you know. There's a lot of divergent sexuality yeah. mm-hmm. that you're just not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And you just assume everybody's like you, and they're not. Or start building a knowledge base about that yeah. now, instead of so that it's not as right. Is that mm-hmm. right? Like what you're because doing? you know, even you know, if I told myself this, it's not like I would have changed the world by right. being the one white twenty-two-year-old male <laughs> who was around you know with a pride flag, you know. Right. Whereas you know, even at the time, people were calling me that mm-hmm. because I was an art student, mm-hmm. because I was art and theater and music. I got, I was called the F word all the time mm-hmm. in high school. And, and they were, you just kind of went, well, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. because it wasn't for real. We mm-hmm. didn't take it seriously. And, and we should, or I should, you know, I would tell myself to take it seriously, mm-hmm. to, to be aware that, you know, that that population is there and they're hiding for good reason mm-hmm. at that time, back in when I was 22. 
and and to be aware of it and just you know be sensitive and maybe open maybe that opening door you know keeping your door open like i like with the guy who asked me out in college mm -hmm. keep the door open and maybe somebody will be helped down mm -hmm. the road mm -hmm. if it, you know it's i'm not saying you're going to change the whole world but just leave the door the open. ripple effect is in butterfly effect and all that it's very real mm -hmm. so you know you do like, wonder that but i don't know, if, you know I, i'm going to choose to believe that yes yeah. i would i would again this is absolutely unknowable but i would love to hear from that the other craig yeah. like how what what was that like for you like what was that experience like for you maybe that was not the first time he had been let down gently or but maybe it was like i don't yeah. know like did that affect what was, i just want to know all mm -hmm. the things right i would be interested in that um another similar question do you have some advice that you were given when you were younger that that you carry on with you like for example for me like something my mom and my grandma used to say that I still say to this day is this too shall pass. And those are one of those things too, that when they, when it was told to me when I was younger, it was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But it really is true. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have anything like that? The, about the only thing that I can, that I can honestly, and I, I don't mean be, I don't mean to shit on my father, you know, like a lot, but um, about the only thing that lasts with something he told me was, to learn to laugh at yourself oh. like don't take yourself so seriously mm -hmm. you make it you know you made a big boner fine you made a big mistake laugh it off with you know and just learn to to accept those things and go yeah that was stupid you know oh, what a dumbass and live with that and you know and it made all the difference to me because you know i was somebody who really would just like mm -hmm. eat all of that you mm -hmm. know from from a mistake mm -hmm. eat all of the shame and all of the embarrassment and just you know, and just cringe inside myself and die. Mm -hmm. And when he told me to just laugh it off with my, you know, with my friends, it changed everything. What a great legacy to have taken from your dad. Yeah. Who was like very obviously an imperfect person, just like all the rest of us. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Well, and it sounds like a dumb thing, but it's, it really, it made a big impression in me because I was a very, believe it or not, I was very shy and quiet and very sensitive mm -hmm. child. And, which people, you know, now look at me and go, yeah, because right. you're such a loud mouth asshole. Well, but also I know <laughs> this may be a surprise to some of you listeners. I don't know. But I, I, all, there, there is a part of me that doesn't love being the center of attention. There is a part of me yeah. that I know <laughs> it, it's like, it's like in spite of, yeah. it's kind of that if it's I way get, down in I, her baby pinky toe, yeah, if I say it the more you do. <laughs> But there are times where, and, and as a kid, I, you know, you, it was just, I didn't want to interact with everyone and I, and I didn't want, I just wanted to hide and I just wanted to be right. anything but the center of attention. And I think that, that those of us who have big character, we kind of develop that as a defense mechanism sometimes, I wonder. Isn't that like the central experience of childhood? Wanting all of the attention and, and none of the <laughs> attention at the same time. It's the epitome of dialectics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Emily, do you have any final thoughts? Mm, I just want to say thank you for being our guest and letting us pick your brain. Man, we missed oh. a chance to sing Be Our Guest. Oh my God, we did. Oh. Yeah. You can splice it. <laughs> <laughs> that we can, yeah. When I leave, wait till I'm gone. We could have grabbed a whole number. <laughs> yeah, where's Justin? He was supposed to video it <laughs> for the Instagram. Yes. <laughs> if you um, love Beauty and the Beast, then you should absolutely join um, Lafayette Civic Theater, Civic Theater of Lafayette. Oh, During fun. our 23-24 season, our youth theater will be putting on Beauty and the Beast. So that's my plug. Or that. And nine to five. Yes. You can't stop without mentioning nine to five. I mean, I'm not going to talk about anything other than nine to five probably <laughs> for the next couple of months just because I'm like obsessed. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> cannot it. wait. Cannot wait. Well, to echo Emily, Craig, thank you so much for being here oh, no. and for talking with us and being real. And it, it really does mean a lot to us so much. Oh, good. Well, well, thank you. It means a lot to me. It, and if, if listen to it back, if it really sounds intelligent, then 
just chop out. I'm going to just post the whole thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Should we have mentioned that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, don't yeah, do a whole yeah. lot of editing. No editing? It's mostly no. just pausing. Damn it. <laughs> you get what you get. You get which it. explains Except the quality of breaks. most of these. Yeah, right. Like, this is actually the first time I've taken a tea break in recording. So, that was good. Uh, see, mm-hmm. I bring out the best. Anyway. All the best in people. So many firsts tonight. We're glad that you guys could join us for all of them. Yes, we hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Um, if you have any thoughts to add to the conversation or you too would like a coveted guest spot on We Can Do Pod Things, please email us at podthingspodcast. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at we can do pod things with underscores between the words. And thank you so much for being here. I'm Annalise. I'm Emily. I break. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been We Can Do Pod Things. <laughs>